about the Pokemon TCG podcast that revolves around the evolving meta. Sean is still not back in the United States of America. He's probably never coming back, I would say. Sean, how is Korea? It's been lovely. It's been great. Um, I to, I am leaving Korea, though, today, the day that I'm recording this. Oh, so. you're leaving? T- I thought you were leaving, like, tomorrow. Okay, never mind. No. I mean, I'm leaving tomorrow your time. Well, yeah. But today, but today my time. So, you know. That makes uh, way more but, sense. Yeah. So, and I just, you know, I'm not going to lie. It's been great, and I am not looking forward to 14 hours on a plane again. Yeah, you know, if there's one thing that I don't like doing, you know, because I travel for my job a lot and stuff, it's sitting in a car and or plane for long periods of time. And for you listening, you may also be sitting in a car or in a plane or, I don't know, in a building, your office or something, because you're listening to this podcast, Pokemon podcast that revolves around the evolving meta. We got some big news today, some stuff that has recently come out, both in regards to the play Pokemon scene, the competitive scene, but also the collector scene. There was some surprising news that released this week that I I at least didn't expect. But Sean, mm-hmm. as always, what do we do what do we do in the beginning of the podcast, Sean? I think I think Jake, we read the review. We, we read that five-star review. We do, but this week isn't necessarily a five-star review. This is a lovely YouTube comment because we do broadcast these episodes on YouTube as well for the people that like the video version because YouTube, Spotify, you can't really leave a rating or review. So if you leave a nice comment or something like that, we'll get around to reading it. This week, we are reading Stone Pachi's review i've listened to all your podcasts on spotify throughout periods of not playing it or when i'm super into playing online love the easy to consume advice on the meta what happens at recent tournaments and the guests you bring on i re-listened to the pod about the live beta and the forthcoming pokemon go set and you was spot on only just thought to watch it on youtube and you deserve so many more subs we'll be sending this around to my local stores friends work colleagues keep it up stone thank you so much for the kind words it's uh it's it's really cool because like we we talk about you know the competitive scene in the podcast and stuff like that and you know we also understand that we have a more casual audience as well you know not going to every single regional or worlds or something like that maybe you like collecting the cards you like touching up on the game open in those online packs so it's cool to hear thoughts from all kinds of listeners that we have sean you need to put your glasses on <laughs> oh we're we're, we're we're less fuzzy i got i got i'm having some those listening on youtube watching on youtube can tell but those listening who aren't seeing I, my, my camera's like i'm gonna focus and i'm not gonna focus reminder if if Sean's camera ever goes out for any reason, just remember that he's in Korea and he took a bunch of equipment, uh-huh. not his top equipment, not his true setup, yeah. but he took time to take all of his stuff literally just to, like literally just to do the Metapod podcast. So you know what? You won't find a more dedicated co-host than Sean. <laughs> but you know, Sean, you know what is coming back aside from your camera? Well, I I do because we have the show notes. But Jake, tell the listeners what is coming back. 
it is well we're 99 sure this is coming back kadabra if you do not know in the pokemon franchise kadabra you know the the middle evolution of abra kadabra alakazam if you did not know i'm going to give you the uh, lore of kadabra real quick there hasn't been a kadabra pokemon tcg card since 2002's sky ridge so long long time ago you may think 20 some years of not having a kadabra is a long time for a pokemon not to be seen especially because we have gotten several abras alakazams you know throughout time and stuff like that and so with that you know you you may be seeing all of the uh alakazam arts that we've shown on screen here you know alakazam v a recent promo or was it a promo no it was in vivid voltage uh alakazam ex alakazam level x gold star all that and then another uh alakazam that we might talk about in the near future it turns out that the pokemon company got sued for using abracadabra because of yuri geller yuri geller is a famous um what's what's the word that i'm looking for magician magician i was gonna say hypnotist but that's not necessarily right but yuri geller was most known for bending spoons and so kadabra if you do not know in the anime in the 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 franchise in general bends spoons you know all that jazz in a bag of chips and so yuri geller was like being a huge influential person during that time was like hey pokemon you're stealing from me stop using it and so yeah i mean just absolutely took control of the pokemon company and so the pokemon company just kind of stopped doing stuff with cadaver and alakazam or i'm sorry cadaver and abra specifically in the trading card game just not printing cards at all of those pokemon but yuri geller in uh late 2020 so a while ago i don't know if we talked about it on the podcast because were we we did. we did yeah we were okay i guess we were recording in yeah. the late 2000s man time flies when you're having fun but he changed his mind in the late 2000s and recently some stuff has come up again he shared some photos of a letter from the pokemon company things like that also shared some words regretting his actions saying the reason i changed my mind first of all it was a stupid thing for me to do that i was angry my name appeared on a pokemon card out of the blue without being asked 20 years ago he became a grandfather granddaughter said come on you got to release the pokemon card back into circulation and so basically that's why and so it's it's very interesting but this kind of goes along with some news sean about a new radiant pokemon sean do you know what that radiant pokemon is i mean yes it's alakazam darn i thought you were gonna say kadabra because then i would have told no. you that you're wrong but no. recently japan september said incandescent are kana is featuring a new radiant alakazam card and so one of those things is that with another alakazam card a lot of people theorizing especially with ex and stuff like that maybe it's time for abracadabra alakazam to uh come on back they were in the sword and shield games i mean 
it's probably likely them being popular Pokemon being in the new Scarlet and Violet games. So who knows, Sean? Who knows? I mean, it it was a little... People did say, though, it's a little strange. Obviously, Yuri Geller, I think it's fair to say he probably knows more information than the average bear. So if he's saying it's probably coming back, then it's probably coming back. Yes. But it is weird because they did release the Radiant Alakazam. So it's like you're going to release two Alakazams in the same set, which is like... I mean, it's it happens, right? Like, did... Um, the set that had Radiant Charizard, Radiant Blastoise, did, was there a regular Charizard or Blastoise in those sets? I don't think so, actually. Um, I actually don't know that information for sure. If anything, yeah. I feel like... I know in, like, the Pokemon Go set, there was, like, in English. In English, there was a yeah. Hollow Charizard, Blastoise, Venusaur, and then Radiant Charizard, Blastoise, oh. Venusaur. But I don't know if in the Japanese sets, you know, like where they originally come from, I don't know if it was like that. I would think so because Pokemon Go was a like Japanese set, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it, it might be. It may be that like this is kind of a cutesy thing for them to bring back the full evolution line. And then you can play a deck that would have, and maybe there's some synergy, right? Which makes sense mm -hmm. between the regular Alakazam and the Radiant Alakazam, which you could play four of the regular and the Radiant in the, in the deck because they have different names. So, um, yeah, you could get away with that. And like they, it might be like a theme that they're doing, right? Uh, about moving and placing damage counters, which would make sense. Because mm -hmm. I believe Alakazam, the Radiant Alakazam, was like move two damage counters from one of your Pokemon to your opponent's Pokemon. Something like that. I actually don't remember that for sure because I can't read Japanese, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm trying to look at it. Yeah, I. it would make sense if it's one of your, but it may be just move two from one of your opponents to another, but I, you know, one of the two. It moves damage counters around from yeah. somewhere. One thing that we do know, Sean, I feel like, um, is this transitioning away from Incandescent Arcana? It, it is, and I was trying to think of a way to do this, but Incandescent well, Arcana, Sean. Wait, what? I have I have a little bit more news that's unplanned. Oh, unscripted you do, news unscripted. About Incandescent Arcana. Okay, give yes. it to me. Uh, I saw on Twitter this morning. This is one of the benefits of being in the Asian time zone. Um, I saw on Twitter this morning that I believe Incandescent Arcana, the Japanese set, not the American probably, but it's being designed for sealed. Oh, yes, I, I saw that too. I forgot to put it Which, on. Yeah, so for those of you who don't know what that means, um, when, when people say it's being designed for sealed, it's being designed so that people can draft um, the packs. Uh, so you, like, you open packs, not draft, I guess, but like, you get like six packs or whatever, and then you open it up and you can play and make a deck out of whatever is in your four, six, or however many packs you're, you've decided on. Um, and the reason that it's important, because obviously we have Vs and V-Stars, Vs and V-Maxes, um, and I guess in the future, level Xs or EXs and whatever, I, I don't know. But right now, that's been really hard to do because if you pull the V-Star, you're un very unlikely to also pull the V within just four to six packs. But in the Japanese version, they have put it so that if you pull a V-Star, you will pull the V in the uncommon slot. 
it's very very cool i've actually got a picture shown on screen for you all that are watching on youtube and spotify the video version of our podcast some i saw a bunch of people tweet about this and uh t t how do you say tony lay tony i always forget how to say their first name i feel so bad tony lay has been replying diligently to all these people um talking about it so very cool to see in my opinion because i mean that's one of my gripes of just opening pokemon cards as a um person that also likes to play competitively is like it's one of the reasons why it's almost not worth opening product if you just like playing competitively you don't really care about collecting because like again you're just gonna have to buy you know the those cards you get the v star that doesn't mean you get to play with it right away or vice versa stuff like that so sadly the v doesn't mean you get the v max or the v star or anything like that i don't think but it doesn't it doesn't work the reverse yeah it doesn't work the reverse that's the next step um (laughs) although if that was the case they'd probably lower hit rates i would think because you get like what four v's in a box or something like that so you get four v stars guaranteed in in that case which i don't think pokemon really wants to do i would say but but usually you get one or two v stars in a box so like if you think about it unless you're playing a deck that needs a a four three line Mm -hmm. um a lot of decks are fine with a two two line of the v v star combo so you might be able to if you get lucky right if you got two of the same v star unlikely but like it's possible to like in one or maybe two boxes get a 2-2 line of the thing you're looking for, which is it's crazy good. It makes it super convenient overall. And you'd be yeah. able to get more than probably a 2-2 line um, because I've had plenty of boxes where I get double V or double GX yeah. or whatever. So, so it's real interesting. It's not coming in Lost yeah. Origin, though, but Sean, we can talk about the set coming after Lost Origin because it's already being talked about even though lost origin has only released pre-release kits build and battle kits up to this point because incandescent aura is or incandescent arcana is going to be a part of this set it is silver tempest some product images were revealed featuring lugia v star unknown v star and more and so as you can see in here we get a bunch a bunch of packs it's gonna release it's gonna be our november 11th set sean it's the main sword and shield set that's gonna be last before we transition over to scarlet and violet so kind of like a a nice hoorah type of thing and it's gonna be in combination of incandescent arcana um featuring the alolan vulpix v-star which you see right here if you're watching on screen and then pallet pallet paladin paladin i don't know how to say that word paradigm 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 trigger is the other set that's going to be combining inside silver tempest that's got lugia v-star reggie drago v-star and reggie alecki v-max and those are the four pokemon featured on the pack arts pack arts just look phenomenal as always i don't know why but they're giving me like a cosmic eclipse kind of vibe yeah i mean also this is the last uh of the 
sword and shield sets. Yeah. So it's interesting that they're all giving you that though they're giving you that same vibe that sort of white and gold mm-hmm. ish kind of vibe. Yeah. Yeah, and like the the sparkles I feel like as well. Like each one of these has beautiful mm-hmm. sparkles inside of it. So very very interesting. It also showcased the lovely ETB, which is a beautiful ETB in my opinion. Pokemon has really been on top of the elite trainer boxes uh the last couple sets in my opinion yeah that sort of silvery blue uh ice ice blue i should say Mm -hmm. sort of like ice blue uh was it vulpix a lowland vulpix Vulpix? yeah Yeah. which very beautiful beautiful pokemon and the dice too are like nice you know you don't have like some ugly color combo i mean these numbered dice with the damage counters they kind of look like a off blue i don't know how i feel about them um it's like a watered down blue but the the big die the one that you'll roll for like your turn and whatnot and heads or tails um that one looks pretty clean i would say i don't know if it's as clean as the dark cry one um in whatever that set was with dark cry what did we just have (laughs) Uh, there's Lost Origin is the current set, and then the one before that, Astral Radiance. Astral Radiance, that's the one that I'm thinking of. I go. am losing my mind right now on this <laughs> podcast because I'm having such a good time talking about all of these things. There's going to be a Manaphy promo as well in these blister packs. Togetic, which is an interesting one. Uh, Togetic, an interesting option because usually when we see stage ones, we don't see like middle evolutions. We see like final evolutions, right? So Togetic, I think it I think the Pokemon fits, but it was like okay. <laughs> feels like Yeah, it, that's very strange. It feels like if Dartrix was like the promo card or something like that. And it's just like okay uh, I mean cool, yeah. I would assume that Togetic is just a widely popular Pokemon, and that's probably why. Also don't know if maybe because I, I think that we'll probably see the return of really beefy, like, like wall Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Um, just given, like, some of the reveals that I think you and I have both seen on Twitter. I think it might... It, well, I don't know if it's Gudra or... Um, I don't know. There's a couple of Pokemon. And maybe there's a thought that this Togetic, who, if you don't know, there is a Togepi, Togetic, Toga... Togekiss. Kiss? Mm-hmm. Yeah, line. From a previous set, I believe, where it's like when you play the Togepi, you heal 10 damage or something. When you evolve the Togetic, you heal 30 from your active. And when you evolve the Togekiss, you heal, I don't know, I want to say 90. And um, this is a good so, point that you're bringing up because this promo right here is that Togetic. So it may be them sort of hinting like, hey, maybe this is a strategy you should play with and we have a... You can now get an alternate art or a foil version of that middle evolution line, which like is kind of cool. I always love getting new arts for cards, um, especially ones that you really, really like. It always just feels good, in my opinion. But um, this is, again, the last main Sword and Shield set releasing on November 11th. We won't know the set list for a little bit. We can only take guesses on what it will be, but it's uh still pretty sweet and then the well we already talked about the elite trainer box but there are some other things 
in uh, the set that we do kind of know about. We talked a little bit about the Radiant Alakazam that was going to be um, included. We talked about that earlier in the Yuri um, Geller article releasing Kadabra, but it will join Radiant Serena and Radiant Jirachi. Kind of cool. I love this Jirachi card. It looks so, yeah. so pretty. This is easily like a chase card in the set. Yeah, Jirachi's always... I feel like Jirachi always looks good, right? Like, you had... What is it? Amazing Jirachi was the last Jirachi we got. Mm -hmm. um, and then the one before that, the team-up Jirachi, is just iconic as a card. There was also right? the Jirachi GX. I believe that was yes. in Unified Minds. You're absolutely right. Yeah, so... Which, like, I feel like that one was the least of the Jirachis, in my opinion. Least of the impactful. Yeah, I would say yeah, in a competitive sense. I thought it was still like a beautifully illustrated card, for sure. Um, but the uh, it definitely did not have the impact that Team Up Jirachi definitely had because I don't think we can argue about that card's oh, impact. God. And then even before that, Jirachi EX. Um, yeah, I don't know if Shining Jirachi though had much of an impact on the game. It was released in Shining Legends. Um, I own the card because I love I love Jirachi and shiny Jirachi is just beautiful, but um, I don't know. And I'm not 100% sure how this one will impact the meta, but I mean, it's... I mean, we'll get into it when we get it. it probably yeah. not terribly, not, not probably not a ton, just because it's only a one of in a deck. Mm -hmm. You can only put one of them. So, but it, I agree with you. It looks gorgeous. It looks, looks really cool. You know what also looks cool, Sean? What's that, Jake? It is chasing your world championship invite, Sean. Oh. What? Jake, hold on. Hold on. Before Holding. that, the league, the league battle pack. The league. Oh, I forgot to even put that in my notes. You know what's even cooler than getting your world championship invite, Sean? What's that, Jake? It's grabbing a filthy, busted, broken, competitive deck yes. for cheap. Sean, if you do not remember, Mew VMAX did, in fact, do well at the World Championships. I believe it was in the top it eight. It was one of the top eight members, right? I think it was it, it sixth. Was. Yeah, it was something like that. It was, it was one it of was, the top eight. Yeah, it was in the lower end of the top eight, but still top eight at the World Championships very very good well shortly after the world championships pokemon announced that the mu vmax league battle deck will be coming in november so the same day as that silver tempest release date november 11th the mu vmax battle deck will release at 30 dollars usd at msrp and just like all of the other league battle decks that we've covered on this podcast that I mean, basically any competitive thing going on. This has a disgusting deck list. It is awesome. It is level three as well, Sean, which yeah. is very curious on this level three because we found out that one, two, and three correlated to the amount of Vs and Vmaxes you get, right? So level one was a one, one. Level two was a two, two. Level three was a three, three. But this league battle deck 
is a little bit different than that, but kind of in the same concept. Because instead of giving you a 3-3 Mu VMAX line, right? Mu V Mu VMAX line, they said, you know what? The only way to play this deck, this fusion strike deck, is with Genesect. So we gotta throw in some Genesect V's in here. So you get a 2-2 line of Mu V Mu VMAX, but also two Genesect V's in it, Sean yeah insane it's uh it's good stuff it's good stuff and it also has a bunch of other great cards it has meloetta right the the card yep. one of the cards that make it absolutely insane you get an oracorio in there which was a popular option for a lot of people uh four of vip pass right battle vip pass four of bosses orders four of Cramomatic, four of Elsa Sparkle, Eliza, Elsa, yep. whatever her yeah. name is. You get four Fusion Strike energies as well. So this is like, this might be the best. I mean, it is level three. So like it is theoretically one of the best, but I think this is like the best League Battle deck. Yeah, this is like, this is, people are saying like, hey, you buy two of these, right? And then you basically have like a deck that you can walk into, you know, you're just like a, a dozen cards short of like mm -hmm. the world's deck. And you can walk into, you know, any tournament and have a deck that can win, right? And I, I actually think like, yes, you can buy two of these. When this comes out though, the price for Genesect V and Mew and Mew VMAX is going to drop significantly. So I don't think you need to buy two. I think what you could do, like if you want them immediately and there's two at your local game store, whatever, you can do that if you need. But you could probably buy one and then pick up singles of like two Genesect Vs, two Mu Vs, and a Mu Vmaxer or whatever the number that you think is the right number for the deck and do that for less than $30 and then not have too many extra cards. I will say Genesect V has already been dropping already. It is $3.25, especially um, within the last month and a half. It's really dropped down there. But in terms of Mu V and Mu V Max, Mu V is still about a $5 card. So once that League Battle deck comes out, it will drop a good chunk. And then the V Max is $18 per yeah. so that's i mean it still goes down sean it, it'll still go down which is very very nice and then who knows if we'll get the uh mu v mu v max black and golds that came out in uh japan i don't know if those have i don't think they've come out in english i mean i don't see them on tcg player but um that would also drive down the price considerably because those would also be trainer gallery too and that would really, yeah. really help out. And probably those black and gold ones would be cheap too, I would say. I think most of the black and gold ones are relatively cheap for how cool they are, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that the alternate art Mew, VMAXs, and Mew, are, those are still going to be like the expensive ones. But yeah, mm -hmm. if you just want to play the deck and like you're like me and, and many others who are like, I don't know if I want to spring for a deck that is so singularly focused because you, you never know like if a deck is going to be good or whatever when a new set comes out but i think it's shown to like okay and this deck will also i think almost entirely be legal even after rotation happens because fusion strike is such I a don't new mechanic it's, 
I'm pretty sure yeah. all of these cards. Well, I think maybe not because like fog crystal. Actually, I think yeah, I think this whole thing will be legal. I'm pretty sure I saw it's that somewhere. Don't quote me on that. Yeah, it may very well be. Like I don't know. There may be one or two random trainer cards that happen to rotate, but for the most part, um, it should all be legal. So yeah, you can pick this up when it comes out in November and know that you're safe for at least another six months to a year. Yeah, which is super, super good. Like you could literally, yeah, you just literally buy this and walk to your walk over to your league and you probably win a game, you know, like, oh, yeah. I feel like we've said that a lot with these league battle decks. Like you could just waltz in, you could just waltz into your local card shop, buy it and play it and you'd probably win a game like this is the fullest truth of that statement. Like, yeah. Muse just yeah, so, I'm, especially when it pops off, like Chromatic is such an insane card. Yeah, and the nice thing about this is like, it's hard, I think, for them to, when they design these products, they're designing them months in advance. Mm -hmm. So this League Battle Deck probably was in development at the Pokemon Company six months ago. And I think a lot of the time, it's really hard to guess what's still going to be a viable deck in the future. Because like any Arceus deck, right? that deck is always going to change based on the other cards that come out because Arceus is a toolbox card. Yeah. So it's very hard to make a league battle deck that would still be viable. And even Rapid Strike Urshifu, we've seen how much that one has changed. So the league battle deck for Rapid Strike Urshifu is not really playable in its entirety. It's just, it has some good cards in it, but this, because it's such a simple mechanic and fusion strike is like we're not printing any more fusion strike cards there's like, like one the, there's only one way to build it for the most part exactly like what's the difference between this deck six months ago and what it currently is i don't know trekking shoes maybe uh there are switchers. no trekking shoes in this list though but there are four psychic energies so right. like most people aren't a lot of people aren't playing psychic energies anymore so if you just want a simple upgrade you know that will literally just cost you a dollar at a local card shop to upgrade this deck to the next level just take out the psychic energies and put out a, a set of trekking shoes and like you're golden like your deck is already yeah. so much better for only a dollar more yeah insane so, yeah I, it's super impressive it's super crazy. But you know what else is crazy, Sean? Trying to qualify for the world championships in Yokohama, Japan, Sean. It's going to yeah. be in Japan. I've, I'm going to try to go to it. I'm probably not as a player, though, because I don't have time. But I know I don't have time to qualify for the world championships because the world championship schedule came out at least for the regional international championships dates and locations for the new 20 i guess we're in it now 2023 play pokemon season insane yeah. sean we already have it which is really cool actually i mean we have the schedule which is cool we also uh as of the recording of this video this will give away when we're recording this one in 23 minutes from the moment I made this make this statement, the region, the registration for the first regional in the U.S. goes live. So we'll talk about what that is here in a short second. But if you're listening, go check right now to see if it's still going. Because, I mean, 
at least for the other regionals, they went away really fast, especially in the U.S. Yes. So I was going to say, if you're listening to this, you've already missed it, probably. Yeah, you've probably missed it. But don't worry, we'll get you covered for the next one that opens and whatnot. And if you do not remember, in the 2023 season, local championship point events, which is the League Cups and League Challenges, will still be suspended. I don't know if Pokemon is ready to go back to that point yet. And so I think we talked about it a little bit on this podcast, how we feel about it. Um, mm -hmm. So we won't go into it too much, but I just hope they have something else alongside. And your points don't just come out of the regionals, ICs, things like that. And truthfully, we don't even know the point structure yet at the time of this recording. So who knows? You may only need 200 points or you may need 600 points in the Masters Divisions for the United States. We don't know that yet. So we can't totally make a level-headed judgment, I think, on the League Cups and Challenges going away until we find out what the point total is and if Pokemon is going to be doing anything else throughout the year. So there are no current regional championships announced for Oceania, but we might be able to do it because shortly after this was posted this main this main big list which has all of the regions in it there were a couple more united states ones that are announced so but before we get into that a little bit i want to quickly talk about the age divisions that has been a question especially since the delay of the last couple years and the last couple world uh years there's always been that question of like, hey, do people age up? Do people stay in their age range? Like what's going on for the juniors and seniors? And so they've officially got age divisions out right now, Sean. So write this down if you need it, uh, which I don't think you or I need it, but somebody out there might. If you were born in 2011 or later, you are part of the junior division for the 2023 uh championships the senior division born in 2007 2008 2009 or 2010 that's again for the senior division and then born in 2006 or earlier is the masters division so sean and i will be competing in the masters division because we're old men grumpy old men as some people would uh say that's a movie i've seen that movie mm -hmm. i've seen that movie but we're going to be competing in the TCG if we end up being able to go one of these because of our work schedules, but you can sign up for them as you see them. The one that Sean was referring to earlier is the Baltimore Regional Championships. That's the first championships, and it's literally in like three weeks from now. Yeah. Which is insane. I didn't realize that they would start up again like so early. Yeah, I'm, I mean, personally, I'm a little bit miss uh, that they did it so quickly mm -hmm. after because like, you know, it, it's especially like, I think if you're on the West Coast um, and you're not trying to get that day two status, look, you miss the Baltimore one, it's fine. It would have been very expensive to go, whatever. But for somebody who's on the East Coast, it's like, hey, if I'd have gotten more noticed, maybe I could have planned around and, and maybe gone out there or whatever. But, like, you give me, like, three weeks, like, three, four weeks max notice, and it's, like, I don't know. And so, like, you miss one of the few regionals that's in the area that you could drive or take a train to or whatever um, just because it was so soon. And, like, registration, like we're saying, is just going live 
within like 20 minutes of us recording this, which means you don't even know if you are going to have a spot and it is less than three weeks out. Mm -hmm. I will say that we won't dive into this too much. It still baffles my mind that one of the biggest companies in the world relies on grassroots organizers and stuff to promote registration and things like that for their own professional events. But that is neither here nor there. That's a totally, totally different conversation for another day because I know there's a lot of drama surrounding Twitter around that situation, which I don't want to get into because I don't, it's way over my head. But anyways, I'll go through quickly the North American regional championship schedule, just kind of very quickly um, to let you all know. A lot of these have a mix of like Pokemon Go is also included in this championship. Uh, VGC is included in this championship. I don't see any of these with like Unite or or like a Pokemon no. tournament or, or stuff like that. So I don't know how those are going to go if you are interested in participating that way in these championships. But we're just going to focus on the TCG. You have that September 16th to 18th is Baltimore Regional Championships in Maryland. October 14th through 16th, the Salt Lake City Regional Championships, which is a lot of people's fall break, I believe, in terms of like schools, I think. At least that's when I think my university has fall break and <laughs> the one that I just graduated from recently. But December, the next one is a long time away in terms of in the United States. December 2nd through 4th in the Toronto Regional Championships over in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Um, so you're going to jump over in Canada, but um, I've always heard that's a really, really cool trip. December 16th through 18th, you got Arlington Regional Championships, which is in Arlington, Texas. January 6th through 8th to kick off the new year, you got San Diego Regional Championships. February 3rd through the 5th, you have Florida Regional Championships in Orlando. February 24th through 26th, you have Knoxville over in Knoxville, Tennessee. I know that's a very popular spot that people go to every year. March 10th through 12th, you're going back to Canada, Sean. You're crossing the border again. Vancouver Regional Championships in British Columbia, Canada. Charlotte Regional Championships in North Carolina are going to be March 24th through the 26th. So spring break, Sean, you wanted to go to Florida. Now you're going to North Carolina. I will say North Carolina is beautiful if you have not been. So be excited about that. May set May 5th through 7th is in Portland over on the West Coast in Oregon. May 19th through the 21st, you have Hartford Regional Championships in Hartford, Connecticut. And then the final regional championship in North America, June 16th through the 18th, you have Wisconsin over in Milwaukee. So I'll be honest, Sean, I kind of really like this list. Oh, wait, no, 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 no. Before, well, before we more. do that, yes, there are two more that were announced. I'm sorry, I almost forgot about these. September 29th through October 2nd. So really just smack dab in between the first two, like literally right in the middle. You have the Peoria Regional Championships over in Peoria, Illinois, which is another Midwest win for a lot of people. And then in the end, which is not the end, but pretty close to the end, we're going back to the Fort Wayne Championships, Fort Wayne Regional Championships happening on March 31st through April 2nd. So that is your North American list. Um, 
I feel pretty good about this, Sean. There's like a, I feel like the West Coast did get a couple more than usual, I feel like. Or I guess I, I should mean, say past the Midwest. <laughs> uh, maybe, yeah. I don't know. It doesn't seem, it seems pretty, honestly, pretty balanced. Um, if I'm looking at this here, you got, you know, the Midwest gets a bunch, like Peoria and Fort Wayne being added into the Midwest. And then Milwaukee. Yeah, like Milwaukee, Knoxville. But we know that there's a ton of players in the Midwest region. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, you're you're in that area, roughly. Yeah. Um, And I am in that area. Kentucky is a Midwestern state, and I will die on this hill. (laughs) Right. Like, so you're you're in the area. You got all the players in Ohio. So I would say, like, there's a disproportionate number of Midwest regionals relative to the population size but maybe not the player base size i think also like midwest is i i don't want to say fair i don't think that's the right word but like if you had a whole bunch on the east coast it makes it really hard for west players to be able to go and likewise you know the west coast events makes it really hard for east coast people to go in terms of expense so i think they try to put it in the middle which i don't even know if I don't even really think the Midwest is in the middle of North America. You were, I mean, like Colorado is the middle of America, I would think, or pretty close to right geography. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, there, there, there are regionals everywhere. If you really think if you put them on a map, they'd be Mm -hmm. pretty well spread out for the most part in North America. And I think that the, um, the question then becomes though, Jake, uh, one of, Without cups and challenges, I know we talked about this, but like right now, the only way as a North American player you're going to qualify for Worlds, if you even want to do that, right? Because it is in Japan. It's, it's a whole other thing. Yeah. But if you wanted to qualify for Worlds, you know, you're going to have to commit to traveling to a minimum, I would say, of like at least, what, six, seven, eight of these? And that's if you do well at all those, too. Like, yeah. you know, not yeah. not dropping day one. You know, getting, like, top one or 164 or whatever. What's the top 128? That's the one that I was looking for. Yeah. I combined top 64 and 128 into one category. But, yeah. um, you know, you getting get, yeah. top 128, top 64, top 32, even a top eight, you know, it's tough to only rely on these regionals and ICs. Yeah, because, like, you know, again, uh, I'm talking about, like, not the top tier of players who are going to go to all, like, several ICs and all of that. That's, like, a mm-hmm. whole category that, like, look, they're going to try to qualify, and then they'll probably do fine. The the middle-of-the-road player, right? The, ones the you who and like, I. <laughs> the you and I, who are, like, you know, maybe we were like invested in the world's uh, circuit, you know, last time. Um, and you're sitting here thinking, okay, well, we don't know the point threshold, but like if it's anywhere near what it was last time, which is 500 points. So, like, let's even say it's like 300, be very generous. Mm-hmm. You need a top 128 at like eight regionals. You to just, get I mean, 300 points. You need to be really busting. And, th- and that's yeah. going to cost money too, right? I mean, sure, Knoxville regionals are not far away from me, me being in the state of Kentucky, right? Tennessee's not very far away. 
um, Fort Wayne is a reasonable distance. Peoria is a reasonable distance. But that is still going to cost me a chunk of change to be able to go to those, not only for registration, but also just building decks in general, the hotel, the food, like and plus, yeah. I'm going to a regional. I'm probably going to spend some money on stuff, right? The Pokemon Center that gets built in there, you know, with all the cool yeah. stuff and things like that. I'm going to see a vendor, you know, and, and buy some cards at the last second because I'm changing my deck list the night before <laughs> switching archetypes. You know, it's like, yeah, it's it's not cheap to go to these no. events. And I'm sure you could be cheap. You know, you can that's one of the reasons why i loved like my indianapolis crew you know if i had gone to a regional or whatever you know before the pandemic hit um <laughs> i would have like roomed with a couple of them and make made the hotel cost go down a ton and um the food probably would have been easy because we probably would have split food at places and things like that or whatever and um driving together as well or flying sean if you want to fly places like to go to these events maybe you're on the midwest or i'm sorry you're on the west coast right and so you're probably going to have to fly to some events over in the midwest the east coast canada right we didn't even talk about yeah. the cost of getting a passport and whatnot i mean for me though it just like it comes down to like i think it's it was not unreasonable to say hey if you want to make worlds the normal like for the normal years you're probably going to need to go to a couple of regionals near you mm -hmm. and do okay. You know, do top 128. But otherwise, you can grind out, as annoying as it is, you could grind out local challenges and cups, and, and you could get a world's invite all within driving distance, I would say. The thing like, is, too, is like, America. I understand why they didn't want to, um, why they didn't want to do cups and challenges anymore because they're so inconsistent based on the area right like there were times in indiana where i would go to like a cup or challenge and i'd pretty much just get points by being there <laughs> like not even I mean, doing well essentially like i could go yeah. like two and two and get points and be like all right <laughs> thanks I mean, look, I, I actually think that's fine. I, I mean, I think they are not bringing back cups and challenges because of the inconsistent, like, COVID regulations. I think that it plays a much, much bigger factor. Yeah. But I think, yeah. yeah, I think that plays a much bigger factor, and that's why we don't really speculate too much. But, like, yeah. I just, you know, I, I like the idea that, like, look, if you want to go to Worlds as a competitor, it should mean something that you qualify. Mm -hmm. I am totally on board with, you know, hey, like, if you get there as a competitor, you clearly did something right, and you spent time and energy and money and all of that stuff. Um, what I don't like about the current system is that the, you know, and then and this is also for anybody who's listening outside of North America, this is very North America-centric, but the point thresholds for North America have always been very high. Yes. And... To get in, it's just like now, if you only have regionals, America's a very large country, and, you know, you can't drive to all these regions. It's just, it's not feasible to drive to enough regionals to qualify, probably. Especially because so there are multiple regionals per month, right? There's two regionals right. in September, two regionals right. in October, 
two regionals december january i mean the beginning of february has one but february has two march has three pretty much with the april 31st to or i'm sorry march 31st to april 1st edition may's got two like two times per month you're driving for a weekend of pokemon or flying in some cases yeah and i think it's it's a lot to ask of of even a dedicated player who's not going for like those day twos yeah Uh, even for someone like azul whose job is literally pokemon like going to all these events is really tough yeah like i know azul andrew mahone has also talked about stuff like this before um where it's uh you know the regional grind in particular is i think very difficult um because it requires a lot more travel a lot more planning and being away from home and you know as much as cups and challenges can feel like a grind it's a weekend thing right like you just Mm -hmm. you you can go on a saturday and yeah it's your whole saturday most likely but like it's fine it's not a huge deal um and the, the reason that i think that particularly for this year that it's really tough for the North American player because I know you want to go to Yokohama and go and in, in at least spectate worlds, right? Yeah. We don't know uh, how many spectator passes are going to be available for worlds. We just so I think I think at the time of this recording, Japan just opened up its doors again. Uh, maybe I, I think maybe, I saw uh, yeah, a video of Japan. Out. Yeah, I think I saw a video the other day of Japan opening up its doors again. So odds are that by this time next year, you know, it will be fully open to some degree. Fingers but crossed. That doesn't mean, yeah, but that doesn't mean that they're going to, like, have an uncapped event. Odds are there will be a limited number of spectator badges. And knowing, and this is something that the Wasi pointed out, right? He was basically saying, hey, if you really want to go, you should try to qualify because the entire Japanese Pokemon community, which has typically not been able to travel to worlds because it's a lot further away for them. It's that, Um, and they have a different uh, system as well. Like you have to win major events in Japan in order to go to the world championships, which is completely different than our point system. Yes. So for them, like, you know, there, there'll be a lot more spectators, obviously, that are Japanese this time that have never been able to go to a world before. So you got to imagine that a lot of those spectator badges might be sold to Japanese, you know, uh, players who aren't competing. So it's going to be, I think, a much, much harder, um, is my guess, to get a spectator badge for next year. Worst case scenario. That's my guess. Worst case scenario, Sean, I uh, miss out on the spectator badge, and I just have a nice two weeks in Japan. Like, sure. I mean, look, just it, a nice vacation same... in a country that I want to go to anyway. So it's like yeah. win-win. Yeah, yeah. So I, I just think it'll be. I don't know. I think this year it's like it's a very strange set of circumstances where it's like harder than ever maybe to qualify as a competitor. And also harder than ever, maybe, to like get a spectator badge if you just want to be there. Ah. I will say as well, we haven't even talked about the travel stipend stuff. If you're in the top percentage of each region, which people grind for, I know like Rahul already has talked about the stipend grind a lot and how there's a huge, huge, uh, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? like 
uh, fatigue around that mm. about going literally every other weekend um, to these events and how, especially, you know, for people like you and me, Sean, that might have like paid time off, stuff like that. There's no way we could go to each one of these and still keep our jobs. Yeah, yeah. No, I the day two grind, there was a whole conversation also happening on Twitter. Pokemon yeah. Twitter is wild. For those of you who aren't on Pokemon Twitter, I, I don't I don't always encourage it, but it's, it's wild. But you anyways, can follow, follow us, us on, on Twitter, Twitter at, at sure. MetapodTCG. We're a great uh, sense of Twitter. <laughs> um, but, Sean, let's go over the region Europeanal, Euro, Europeanal. European championships and special events schedule. We already know some of the special events in Europe, so we can go over those and people can mark them on their calendars if they so desire. Happening the same weekend as Baltimore Regional Championships is going to be the uh, Bil Bilbo? Bilbao? Bilbao, I, yeah. I'm pretty sure that when this event happened last time and we talked about it somebody correct us, uh, corrected us in the youtube comments and i can't remember what it was pronounced as but anyways over in spain in uh the bilbao special event september 17th and the 18th i really like that it's going on at the same time as a north american championships in my personal opinion because then you know, it kind of gives some uniformity uh, to people, I feel like. Even though it's not necessarily a regional happening in Spain, like, it, it's an event, right? So not everybody has to gather in one specific place. Like, you can kind of choose between where you want to go. You know, you want to make this your, your SPE, your special event, right? Because you only get a limited number of those in your point totals and stuff like that. Um, boom, you can go to that. Want to go to the regional? Boom, you can go to that, like... You can plan around as well. The Lille, 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 Lille. That's a see, man. I can't do this, Sean. Lille on October twenty second and twenty third over in France. That is a regional championship that is going on. November twelfth and the thirteenth, we have the Warsaw Regional Championships in Poland. Really, really cool. I got some old teammates from Poland. Maybe I'll go see them. December 3rd and 4th, we got the uh, Stuttgart, Stuttgart Regional Championships over in Germany. So really right there, like those four regions very close to each other. Um, well, Europe is a lot smaller than America. Anyways, <laughs> moving on. Liverpool Regional Championships over in the UK is happening January 21st and 22nd month later february 25th and 26th you got the bochum regional championships another event happening in germany that's two regionals happening in germany which is nice in the netherlands they're getting the utrecht special event who knows i think it's i'd say utrecht but I, who knows i don't know i'm trying to I, I i tried my best anyways that special event happening in the Netherlands is happening March 18th through the 19th. And then the final regional or special event in Europe is May 20th through the 21st over in Malmo in Sweden. So a good variety in countries, Germany even getting two. So pretty good. Yeah. I don't know exactly how the European fan base feels about these events because there's so many good European players that a lot of them end up traveling whether that's for stipend reasons or just simply qualifying reasons right um because we just 
we just had our first ever American win the North American International Championships in Azul. Um, the other times it was won by a European. So I think this is a pretty standard list, and mm -hmm. I'm sure more might be added. But yeah, like all of these places have had regionals before, so I think it's pretty pretty standard fare. If you don't want to go to either of the uh, Bilbao uh, event or the Baltimore regionals, you can instead, if you're in Latin America, go to the Porto Alegre regional championships. Probably botched that up over in Brazil. That's happening September 17th through 18th. It's the only Latin American regional championship, um, which is kind of sad, but I, I, I mean, it's a small player base compared to like the united states and europe so okay but there's no uh oceania regionals i mean sean there's no oceania regionals currently on the books but like they that's might true. add more in the future yeah that's true I there mean, this the is idea that there's only there's the idea that there's only one latam regional and then you would have laic and that's it for qualifying it would be wild Speaking of international championships, we do have the months at least and what region and location and games will be going on for those international championships. November 2022 is the first international championships. It's Latin America in Brazil. So almost the same format, you know, I mean, same year, literally going to be like two months apart. Um, you're going to have the regional in Latin America, and then the international championship happening, both in Brazil as well. I don't, I guess Brazil has kind of, in terms of the Latin American um, player base, Brazil probably has the strongest presence in terms of players, I would think, from this. Yeah. Oceania is getting an event in February 2023. It's happening in Australia, where most if not all Oceania events happen, at least in recent memory. But that is February 2023, as I mentioned. April 2023 is in Europe in the UK. So going back to the UK, we just had Worlds over there. Well, you know, we're having an international championship over there. And then June 2023, North America in the US of A. Don't know exactly where it's going to be. It could be in Ohio. It could be in Indianapolis. Trying to think if there's any other places that it would be in. Mm, I guess maybe if they want to go to D.C. again. They had Worlds over there a couple of years they ago. They did. It was 2019 my guess Worlds. Is, yeah, my guess is it'll probably be Ohio. They've done it in Columbus so many years. I like, like it. I like it over there. I know some people are wanting to move away from Columbus. They want to see something new because you can only see Ohio so many times before um, <laughs> it, it becomes the same thing over and over again. But um, I'd be all right because I, I went to that event as a spectator. That was the first Pokemon event that I had ever seen. You know, before I even started going local, locals competitive. I liked that venue. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, and yeah, so those, there is your regional international championship location scheduled, at least the first part. Again, things could change. Things could be added. We mentioned there was a couple events in North America added shortly after this article was posted over on Pokey Beach. And this news had broke. So, 
yeah sean do you uh do you see yourself going to any of these as of right now i know we were already uh, asked about the uh, baltimore championships and uh yeah un unfortunately i won't be able to go to baltimore college sports I starts mean, this week and that's gonna put me in a chokehold uh i don't know i don't know if i'll be able to go i maybe i might be able to make it to a couple of them um yeah, the Baltimore one, it was just so soon. After yeah, it's this like, trip. yeah, even if like I was free that weekend, like we didn't have any home sporting events going on, it's way too soon for me to be able to to make sure that time will be off and things like that. I mean, but who knows? Maybe one of the Midwest one, Midwest ones I'll be able to go and maybe Sean over let's, on. Uh, you could, how far see. is Connecticut from you when oh, you're in terrible. America yeah, at yeah. least? Yeah, yeah, no. Several of these are easily drivable for me. I'm mm -hmm. trying to see now if the Baltimore one is already sold out. Oh, because um, it's probably already started registration since we've opened up because it's 7.06 mm -hmm. p.m. and registration opened at 7. I know that yep. regionals last season... I know that regionals last season and stuff, for anyone who's curious on registering for any of these championships, I remember last season, and we maybe maybe have talked about this on the pod briefly, but like they would sell out masters tickets and entries in less than ten minutes, like five mm -hmm. to ten minutes, they would be out. So like, if you want to sign up for one of these, make sure you know you're active on Twitter, you're paying attention to not only the Pokemon TCG page but also you know other pokemon tcg community members a lot of people will retweet interact let you all know uh when registration is going to open up because most of the time sometimes i think it just kind of goes but most of the time there will be an advance notice from the organizer or the organization that's uh running that event that's saying hey registration is going to open up at this time on this page whatever for this event so be there be square um yeah so yeah just make sure to do your due diligence in in finding those things but sean is there anything hey. else you want to talk about no no i will be back in america soon yes soon we'll have sean in his original setup and whatnot and jake won't be the one running the uh the technology side of everything he'll just do the editing and the talking weird and and providing you valuable information on the pokemon training card game which sean and i both do every single week on the metapod podcast that revolves around the evolving meta have a great rest of the day keep playing get ready for baltimore and get ready for uh, lost origin